0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Matthew L. Mosley about superior communication strategies for making stronger connections. Matt Mosley, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
1: Thanks for having me, John. Really excited to be here today from Boulder, Colorado, tuning in.
0: Yeah, you're in Boulder. I'm here south of Salt Lake City. Uh, It's a pleasure to be with you. I'm super excited to have a conversation. Today, we're going to be focusing on your newest book, Ignition, Superior Communication Strategies for Making Stronger Connections. And there's really a lot to unpack there. Uh, But generally, of course, we're going to be talking about communication and how that leads to a more effective leadership. And I'm excited to have that conversation with you. As we get started, I wanted to share Matt's bio with everybody. Matthew L. Mosley, a communication strategist, author, and speaker, holds three world records for long-distance swimming. Spending his career at the intersection of public policy, business, and government, He is principal and CEO of the Ignition Strategy Group, which specializes in high-stakes communications and issue management for organizations of all sizes, including American Rivers, Excel Energy, the AFL-CIO, the Colorado Criminal Defense Bar, and many, many others. He serves as communications director for the Colorado Senate and press officer for the United States Olympic Committee at the 2004 Olympics. His newest book, Ignition, Superior Communication Strategies for Making Stronger Connections uh, is out, and would I would encourage you to check that out. And Of course, we're going to be discussing that together today. Before we launch on into the, that conversation, anything else you would like listeners to know by way of your background or personal context? No, that sounds great. I think we'll jump into some personal and some professional as we move along. Wonderful, wonderful. All right, so why don't we start and Uh, Tell us a little bit about why this book, what was the catalyst for bringing this book about? Why did you feel like it was important um, to write and to get it out to the world? Absolutely. Uh, You know, about six years ago, I was asked
1: to give a talk at a little arts conference in the desert uh, called Burning Man, and it was about communications, and it was called Gonzo Communications. It was how people put themselves into the story. And so that, you know, the, the, the emphasis was on being a participant and not a spectator. And as I started working through this th- through this book one of the central driving questions John was that if communications is so important to people and we know that it's a valuable ingredient in successful leadership then why are so many people so bad at it you know why does communications always get you know the short shrift in in meetings it's always the first department to get cut we're always the last to know um, you know, it's it always seems that you know it's not it's not given its 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 due importance. And so I wanted to address that question, why are people so bad at it? But also because of the bigger picture of our our world and society today is that there's a there's a driving paradox that here we are, we can have conversations overnight from Japan to Germany, but we are so isolated and disconnected. And that's being borne out in statistics across the board from mental health, suicide and youths. You know, people do not feel engaged in the world around them. And I think that's a huge problem and and a very big paradox. So I ended ended up over six years, I interviewed about 25 people um, that were at the top of their fields from fighter pilots, astrophysicists the author of Mean Girls to Disney producers, advertising executives, and and wanted to know what makes them successful and in, in how do they use communications as a piece of that. So that's what was really the driving force of the book. And I'm looking forward to getting into some of the findings here in a little bit.
0: Yeah, excellent, excellent. Um, so actually, let's jump right on into that. Uh, you, you had these great conversations. Um, what were some of those key themes that you saw uh, coming out of the examples uh, from these interviews and conversations you had with uh, successful innovators and and leaders, you bet. Well, one of the um, one of
1: the things that I came across in my research that was just fascinating to me was through uh, the book, you know, Yuval Harari, Sapiens, and other paleontologists and scientists have discovered that you know, there were other sapiens roaming the earth. And you know, can you imagine that if there were other like types of humans that we had to deal with and we can barely deal with ourselves. Right. Um, and that's kind of the point is that we were able to drop our larynx and use communication as a tool that were, that enabled our sapiens to have dominion on this planet. And in fact, Communication is our secret sauce, our ability to collaborate and come together to solve bigger problems in ourselves and not just live in isolation is the reason why we are humans today and we have evolved the way that we've evolved. And I think that just, you know, as we prepare ourselves for the future and we think about how to be better, we go back to this basic root of what makes us tick. And I think it's communication, and I think it's it's better communication among and between each others, and people that know how to active, you know, that listen well, um, and we can get into some of those other strategies here. But uh, you know, I think it's the secret sauce of our humanity.
0: And I'm glad you mentioned that book, Sapiens. It's a fascinating read, just generally speaking. I highly recommend it. And uh, and, and you you bring up a really great point. Uh, one of the reasons why we uh, we're able uh, to to progress is through the development of language and the the ability to communicate and you're absolutely right that most of us are fairly terrible at effective communication <laughs> and we all have our stories and experiences within an organizational setting where you know despite whatever well intentioned well meaning um, individual you know what we were interacting with, whether it was a boss or a coworker uh, that things weren't communicated effectively, it was bumbled. And therefore, you know, something bad happened. Uh, uh, Mm -hmm. Someone was hurt, whether it was an employee or a customer or the environment or whatever. Um, And ultimately, despite good intentions, a lot of negative uh, unintended consequences occur precisely because we're not terribly skilled at communicating effectively. And we undermine our own ability to be effective as a leader. That's so correct. And, you know, you come out of a meeting, you know,
1: I love meetings, John. Some people hate meetings. I really like meetings because I feel like it's where the rubber meets the road and it's where, you know, it's where things happen. Um, Others, not so fortunate. They don't like meetings so much. If you draw on, you know, our history of military strategy even, and I write about this in the book, that one of our jobs as good communicators is to minimize friction, right? We want to we want to get away with any ambiguity. We want to be as clear as possible. And you know, you're in meetings or you you have an interaction with somebody and you're you're like, okay, so what, what do they want? What do they need to be successful here? And and it's hard to answer that question. Whereas other leaders that you deal with um, and the most successful that I've worked with in, in my career are very, very good at, at providing a vision, providing a framework for rather than how people fit into that vision. And what is, you know, I find in organizational management, the real mapping and, and the way that you can manage interests, you know, in the way that you, you know, if, let's say I'm with a utility company, right? And you're in a meeting and in that meeting, you may have regulatory affairs, you may have communications, you're going to have legal, you're going to have C-suite, you're going to have people that you're not even sure what they do. Um, and everybody has a different different interest there. And as the manager, as the leader of that meeting, somehow you need to define the path forward for everybody that is true to the company's values, but then everybody feels like they're contributing to this bigger picture, right? And let me, let me talk about that for a second, because... Working for something greater than ourselves is such an important aspect of being successful and how you motivate people to come along and follow you on a vision. And Johnny gets back a little bit to the question that I was trying to solve for in writing this Ignition book is why people feel so isolated is because a lot of times I think they're in it because of themselves. And that is what feeds imposter syndrome. When you're just When you're just concerned about just yourself, it's a very isolating place to be. When it's just your fashion, you know, that's what kind of social media sort of feeds this personal, that's why we have these rise of these influencers, right? Like, it seems sort of vacuous to me, but that's another discussion for another day about personal branding. Um, But it goes back to this question, you know, we've talked about this, you and I, Um, In my personal life, I love to swim and, and open water swimming, but I do it to raise awareness about water and climate issues and plastics in our water systems, you know, drought, climate change. I don't do it just for myself. I have a bigger purpose, and that's what drives me to then keep going and be successful. It's the same with work. When we feel like we're part of something bigger that people respect us in that, it's such a different way of approaching life, you know.
0: I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, Bluer Than Indigo Leadership, The Journey of Becoming a Truly Remarkable Leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb Yeah, I I think that's all well said and great example. Um, So as we dig further in to some of these strategies, uh, there there are a lot of different tips and techniques and there's lots of books about communication, um, but what are some of those superior communication strategies uh, that you lay out in your book uh, from the research that you've done that really is going to help us drive these stronger interpersonal connections and that's really where it's at isn't it because you know as we develop relation, meaningful relationships of mutual accountability and trust with colleagues with bosses with those who report to us whatever you know the relationship is that will allow us to be more effective as a leader so what are some of those superior strategies absolutely let me talk about three real quick and i'm going to impact about
1: five chapters of the book here in just a few minutes um but one of my biggest approaches. One of my biggest things is to encourage clients and people that I work with to plan. You know, we sit down and I know that sounds so cliche, but it's it's very rare, actually, I find these days where people, they want to talk about now um, and reaction, but they don't want to be proactive, right? And, and being proactive is such an incredible part of being a good communicator and being a leader that you're not just reacting, And so I encourage clients like, Hey, we got a problem. Well, let's, let's find out, you know, what's your approach. Are you happy? Are you sad? Are you aggressive? Are you, you know, are you proactive? Are you in love? Are you in hate? You know, what's your approach? Let's decide that first. And then we're going to ask ourselves three questions. We're going to ask, what are we saying? And look, this is all your messaging context research, a lot goes into this especially if you're on an advertising or political campaign millions of dollars are spent on this question alone right what are you saying the second is the targeting who are you saying it to we have a whole silicon valley that is built upon targeting right it's one big targeting machine is what it is it's about how it captures our data and then uses that to communicate to us um but in you know advertising campaigns political campaigns this is a very important question about how you use your resources to get to the right people and then thirdly you ask how are you going to say it and these are this is where i like to play john is like you know the fun part the tactics the tactical execution of all the thousands of things you can do today what are the very best things you can do to communicate that message to that to that person that audience um now that sounds pretty simple, but if you put this together, you know, it can either be a 120 page document um, that is a really well thought out for a, a corporate advertising campaign or an issue management campaign that I've done for many clients. It can be a back of the napkin um, calculation. What are we saying? You know, Hey, I want to go get a date with this girl. The same thing applies. You know, you can ask yourself, what are you going to say? You know, are you going to ask her on a date? Are you going to have other friends talk to her? Are you going to have third-party validators, which is something we use a lot in communications, where it's much better to have other people talking about you than you talking about yourself? Um, you know, Are you going to have other friends talk to that date about you? So we start to break it down, and we can bring this into the boardroom for very sort of tactical, surgical way of looking at how we communicate. Let me also talk about uh, one of the the strategies that I love to use with clients and that people don't think about enough is the hero's journey and the hero cycle about how we put ourselves into stories. You know, another California city, Hollywood, is all based upon this, the hero's journey. And I think it surprises people to know that, you know, uh, Bill and Ted's excellent adventure Fast Times at Ridgemont High, The Wizard of Oz, the Koran, the Bible, they all follow the same story arc, the same thing. Young person leaves home, goes on adventure, meets helpers, crosses a threshold. My favorite, a reconciliation with father figure where it all comes together. You know, you got Luke Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi giving him the force. Um, And then you come home a changed person, right, Uh, with a boon for your community. Or you don't, and that's part of the story, too. So how we put ourselves in these cycles, and, and this is really funny. You know, sometimes I work with clients, and they, they're going to, okay, we're going to have a, a shampoo commercial. And I'm making this up, but a shampoo commercial, and the shampoo is going to be the hero, right? Well, that's the wrong approach. Oh, let's put our candidate as the hero of a presidential campaign. Wrong approach. The hero is the voter. The hero is the consumer, Who is the person that that soap, that shampoo is going to sail safely across turbulent waters, and you're going to have a power day and feel like a million bucks in that meeting, and you're going to come home and save the world before dinner. That's what the shampoo is going to give you. The shampoo is not the hero. It's the helper. So I always think we need to consider ourselves where we fit in to these hero cycles. When I swim down the river, the river is the hero. I'm just a vessel telling the story about what's happening. With this river and why we need to care about it,
0: and then and can I just um, absolutely ask your opinion on something real quick? So as I'm hearing you say this, I'm, I'm thinking about it from the standpoint of a leader, um, you know, who is over a, a team of people, and so if I'm trying to leverage the power of story and communication and this this um, archetype of the hero's journey. What I'm hearing you say, as you apply this to more of a advertising kind of an example, is that if I'm doing this within an organizational setting as a leader of a team of people, it would be really dumb for me to try to put myself forward as the hero within the hero's story. Um, but rather, I need to, I need to demonstrate myself as a supporter of my people who are the heroes. Is that correct? That is so. Way to nail it, and that you know your your bigger
1: cause, like what you're trying to do, is is sort of the hero, and you are all sort of helpers into this bigger journey. And if you can inspire them on that journey, and I think John, that's where people, you know, a lot of leaders make the mistake that you know it's their butt on the line, and so they they do have to be the hero, and that's how they feel, and it just sets up a wrong dynamic with your people. You know, because we all, you know, and maybe we want to have our leaders and we want to make them successful and show that they're great and and really work, but that's not going to be the sustaining force in the long run. You know, we need something bigger about why we're, why we're doing this. And that's what, that's what good leaders provide way to nail it on that one. Yes.
0: Great. And I interrupted you. So you were were continuing on um, giving an example of the hero's journey.
1: You know, and just one other thing, you know, because we do a lot of media relations, and you know, people in crisis situations where you know it's really on the line what you say. uh, I mean, people don't think about their words enough and how they impact other people. And so, one of the things before people get on a conference call with, with with reporters or before they go in front of TV cameras, we insist that they make a message triangle. And the message triangle is a little bit loosely based upon that communications plan that I sketched out. But who are you? Why are you here? Why does it matter? What are you what is the problem you're solving? Hey, we need you know we're the teachers. We need more education funding. We need to pass this bill to get this education funding. So that when a reporter says, "Well, I want to talk about you flying on the corporate jet," No, I'm here to talk about education funding and why this matters to kids and student outcomes. And so that it allows you this discipline to stay focused on your message. And I think that's what happens a lot of times, you know, people do think they're the hero and they just ramble on. It's not, that's not the way to do it. So, and just to recap there, you know, that's what the, the ignition book kind of goes through this framework of, okay, here here's why it's important here is the way you can think about it and gives you a framework for 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 sketching that out and then here's the application of how you apply this to let's say education funding or protecting water or drought in the west or
0: selling soap (laughs) yeah excellent i love all those examples super super fascinating Matthew. I really appreciate the time and I note the time and I have to let you go here in just a few minutes, but before we close, I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about your, your team, find out more about your book, where they can find that, and then give us a final word on the topic for today about, you know, communicating effectively to be more effective leaders. Yeah, you betcha. Well,
1: thank you for having me on today. It's been a real pleasure. And I think the, you know, we could talk about this, I think, for several hours because it's really rich in material. But if you do want to talk about it for several hours, please feel free to contact me um, at the Ignition Strategy Group. It's Matthew L. Mosley at the theignitionstrategygroup.com. I'm on social media, all over the place, uh, doing a bunch. I've been on a, the road doing a bunch of book tours, events. I'll be in New York City on January 16th doing a book event there. Um, you can reach out and check our website for further details. We do a lot of speaking and training as well on the book and some of the concepts and applying those concepts. So if you're interested in any training, please don't you know don't hesitate to reach out and, and give us a call. Um, we also you know we we do consulting on public affairs issues and issue management and crisis communication, and you can just go to our website and find out more information. I think the final call of the book is that, you know, these, the ignition book is a series of dispatches from the front lines of communication strategy. And, you know, it doesn't just talk about the strategy, but I go through a lot of my own personal experiences, like working with Hunter Thompson and, and, and doing his funeral to uh, working with Emeril Lagasse at America's top restaurant and the situational awareness learned through that. So I encourage people to really think about their words and how they communicate to be a good listener, too. It's not just about talking, but it's also about active listening. You know, we didn't even get in a chance to talk about uh, improv, which is another strategy. I love to talk about the art of improvisation because I think our life is a is a live theater. But uh, we don't have time for that today. We'll have another episode, but it's been a real pleasure Check out
0: Ignition from Routledge.com and hope to speak with you again soon, John. Thank you, Matt. It has been a real pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Matt can do for you. Check out his book. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe. They can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week.